On July 14th, we lost a eventer and friend, Andy Goodwin Karen. Yeah, yeah. Very sad. Very sad. Um, Andy had a training accident at Stableview and uh, succumbed to her injuries and unfortunately passed away. So, um, Karen Andy was a friend and also a guest on the show. Yeah. And um, I think we both remember the day we met Andy. Actually, at Stableview was the first Yeah, time. it was at Stableview. So it was very, very, very sad. Annie introduced us to corgis. <laughs> she sure did. Started our love for the corgi breed. And, um, you know, she always opened her farm to us whenever we visited. Mm-hmm. And after we met her, we would come by and visit. And um, she always opened her farm to us. So, um, you know, w- w- what can you say except Annie was a, a wonderful person. You look at the beautiful tributes all over social media for her. And, um, it's just a, a, a reminder to live every day to the fullest and make sure that you, you know, I like to make sure I tell everyone I love, I love them. <laughs> I know it's sad to say, but I just, uh, I don't like to leave any, um, anything left unsaid. So she was a wonderful person, a wonderful horsewoman, a great competitor, mm-hmm. a rising star in the sport. And she just always had a smile and everyone who met her, felt wonderful uh, that to have met her and um we're gonna miss her we're gonna miss her very much so um we'll dedicate this episode to annie goodwin welcome to the major league eventing podcast the show for eventing fans by eventing fans And again, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Man and Tail, Karen. Yes, we'd like to feature the spray and braid. The spray and braid. Now listen. Good stuff. Remember, when we got married, you told me the reason you marry me is because I'm such a good braider. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, not so much. But this stuff's awesome. I think I think even even with this, I can put together one braid. Maybe. 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 Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so this stuff, you just you just kind of you're going to braid your horse like normal you section off the little section of hair you get your little couple inches of hair Mm -hmm. give it a spray it's going to make it going to give you a grip Karen so you can get a nice tight braid Mm -hmm. so it's going to work whether you use the yarn or rubber bands or whatever way you do it yep eliminates the flyaway hairs and so it's it's awesome stuff. stuff awesome stuff don't leave home without it get this in your tack trunk get two in your tack trunk one in the trailer one in the tack trunk because guess what you're going to use it and one at the barn one at the barn. Just get a whole case. Yeah. So so that's it, guys. Spray and braid. Don't leave him without it, right? No, here. no. Awesome. Well, thank you, Man and Tail. Equilume is the world leader in the research and development of lighting solutions that maximize the horse's health, performance, and overall well-being. The Equilume Stable Lights and Cashel Light Masks are game changers for performance horses. By replicating natural sunlight and allowing them to receive the optimum level of biologically effective light, whether they are stable, outgrazing, or traveling to competition. Scientifically developed Equilim lighting products support the horse's body clock, positively influencing mood and behavior while helping maintain muscle tone, strength and immunity, 
and ensure a sleek and shiny coat, Karen. Wow. You know who else uses Ecolum? Who's that? The USCA Rider of the Year, Liz Halday-Sharp. Oh, right on. And she told us about her experience using products by saying, We use the Equilume Stable Lights and Cashel Light Mask on De Niro in the run-up to Tryon and during our stay there. I have to say it's the most outstanding he has ever felt on the last day. I think if a horse is getting good light, resting well, and feeling their best, it's only going to help them perform better and feel better. Right on. Well, so where do we find them, Karen? Go to Equiloom.com. Learn more at Equiloom.com. Thank you, Equiloom. Triple Crown Feed, Oh, yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. Um, They have tons of of great products out there. Mm -hmm. Premium stuff. Um, Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local... Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have a great feed comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. R&J Equine Kinetics is a full-service conditioning, training, and rehabilitation center providing a unique program tailored to each individual horse's needs. Yeah, some of the services they provide, they have a water treadmill, a cold saltwater spa, vibrating floor, equine massage, vet-administered class four laser treatments. They provide educational tours, individualized feeding programs for your horse, round-the-clock attention, they also offer trailer in services, equine transportation, and a limousine service. And some of the examples for the use of their equipment are for horses experiencing poor performance, nameless, and gait abnormalities, horses needing to improve fitness and strength before competition season, a way to balance asymmetries and rebuild muscle after atrophy, and returning to training after surgery, trauma, or injury, or prehabilitation. Learn more about RNJ Equine Kinetics at RNJ Equine on Facebook and EQKNETX.com. Taylor Harris Insurance Services. There for all equestrians, amateur and the professional. For all types and all breeds. No matter what discipline or level, Taylor Harris is committed to excellence in serving you and protecting the horses you love. Taylor Harris Insurance Services, your worldwide equine insurance specialists. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen, very excited for this Major League Eventing podcast. I am too. So today we have, all the way from Germany, we have the Eventing Performance Director, Eric DeVander, and the Managing Director of Eventing, Jenny Autry. Welcome Welcome. to the show. Hello. Hi. (laughs) All the way from Germany. All the way. Well, before we get started... We wanted to wish Jenny a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jenny. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so thank you for taking time out on your birthday. We know you're already busy enough, and then here it is on your birthday, and I'm sure you guys are getting ready to go out and celebrate. So it's it's a, it's a weekend of birthdays. Yeah, we've got Emma and Jenny. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So Eric, we'll get right to it. Uh, Eric, if we can ask you the first question. Just, wanted, just curious, you know, how is the camp going on? How is the training going so far um, out there in Germany? 
It's um, it's it's always interesting bringing groups together like this because um, generally we wouldn't have the riders together for as long a period of time, or not in my time or my sort of experience. It's uh, so, and so you never really know how it's all going to gel, but uh, it has been unreal. It's been very very good. All the riders turned up, being super professional, and turned up for every training uh, scenario and uh, done their best. And definitely, they're still like. You, we came here well prepared, thinking like, well, all we want to do is keep the horses sweet and happy and uh, eating and drinking. But there's definitely been more continued, more progress in uh, in all areas. So uh, I must say, I'm very happy about how everything's panned out so far. Wow, that wow. is yeah. super exciting. Yeah. So uh, it's 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 Aachen, Germany. Uh, is there is it was Aachen chosen by you guys or did U.S. Equestrian choose that? And 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 and. Uh, you know, and because it's a little cooler out there, I don't know if that was part of the strategy. That's a little bit cooler in Germany, or, or if that had anything to do with it. So Aachen, as you know, is one of the best facilities in the world, and it was agreed upon as the European hub for quarantine for all of the Olympic disciplines. That was agreed upon uh, with the Japanese government, and Peden Bloodstock is managing the quarantine out here, and it really made it a very, very smooth process for all of us. Their team has been fantastic to work with and has accommodated a lot of requests to open up the arenas uh, to allow more access to training times and, and shuffling things around. Uh, so we really feel like it's been a positive place to be able to have our quarantine. Gotcha. Is this, the, is this quarantine for people, for horses, or for both? It's for horses. So the the Japanese government is requiring the horses to complete uh, seven full 24-hour periods of quarantine. And just with the way that the horse flights work out from the U.S., uh, we have been here for a bit over that required period of time. But when we looked at the horse flights uh, from the U.S., the reality was that we needed to account for any potential delays because the horses were required to start quarantine no, no later uh, than 11 a.m. on July 11th. So we just wanted to make sure that we weren't bumping up too close to that deadline. So we were here a little bit early as a safety precaution just to make sure that we could get into quarantine on time. But it really has been a, a positive time here. And everyone, I think everyone has definitely enjoyed it. Everyone's happier now that it stopped raining. Yeah, I, I, bet. I bet. <laughs> I bet. And the weather, do, do you think that's a benefit that it's a little cooler? or Because we know it's going to be really hot in Japan. Is that a benefit? Or does that, how do you think the horses will acclimate back to the warmer weather? So uh, basically, uh, our, like our original plan was not to go to Europe because it's a very roundabout way of getting to Tokyo, obviously. But uh, that was, uh, we had no, it was no way we could negotiate any other way. So now we have to live with that. Um, I think personally, it, it's been, it is interesting because like uh, in my view, uh, um, in the US, we are consistently working on in very warm weather and humid weather. So uh, I think our horses are very, uh, are conditioned to the heat. So coming out here to Europe, um, some people have questioned that. And I actually think it's been quite good for the horses, just freshen up a little bit and, uh, the work we're doing out here is not supposed to be super intense. We had all our horses prepared, ready to run when we left the U.S. So it's all it was just about um, being sure the horses are comfortable, they're eating and drinking, and uh, well looked after, as well as if we had have done some training. But so I think the horses have perked up and they arrived here, and they all um, were eating and drinking, which is always a challenge with the uh, highly strung event horses. Um, so um, it wasn't it wasn't Plan A, but however, it, it, it's um, we're working through it, and we're pretty happy the way how the horses are responding. Awesome, great, wonderful, wonderful. yeah. And so we we noticed that you have some guest coaches. You have Martin Plua 
for dressage and Peter Wilde for show jumping. So what are they working on with the team? And is it the same for everyone? And are they just tweaking some things uh, for their rides? So basically, Peter Wilde has been uh, involved with the, the team now for the last year. And um, it feels like, how long has he been involved? He's been doing a lot of work <laughs> with our riders and he's right. so heavily involved. And, uh, and we're super grateful for that because he's uh, been a fantastic asset for, for the team. So he knows all the horses and knew them really well. So he set up a little bit of a game plan on what he wants to achieve with the horses in conjunction with me and the riders. So um, uh, so we've uh, jumped through some grids. We jumped sort of some uh, competition lines and uh, just kept it a little bit individualized for sure, always with uh, each horse for their needs. And Marin Pleva is one of the best uh, best horsemen or uh, technically skilled um, and knowledgeable people I know in the sport. He's a FEI judge and he's an FEI TD and uh, he's been involved in sport for a long time. I've previously personally worked with him many times in the past, so I know him very well. And uh, our riders know him as a like a TD or a, or a judge at the major events. However, he came in and uh, he's just blown them all away. Like there was so much uh, knowledge he shared with them. And it wasn't just how to ride the test. It was just a general thing about training and so on. So we had some very, very good conversations as well as they had training, test riding and a bit of training opportunity with them. Wow. I love it. I love, I love the fact, I mean, dressage is so close. So if he can just help with a half a point here and there for the overall team's score, imagine that's a huge amount overall. Yeah. And I think, I think I think also like uh, the many things that he said is sort of like also sharing his uh, knowledge and experience and some some a lot of comments we've sort of like uh, reiterated and said like well hey uh, this is something we need to put in our programs from when they were five years old and all the way up until the Olympic standards so yeah it's been uh, super useful it was it was great having it there fantastic yeah. is there yeah. any opportunity to cross country school there. Yes, they 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 did send out a request for uh, from the Ark and course uh, any of the fences if we wanted to utilize them. Now, um, because of the weather, they had to put them up in the stadium, and it wasn't quite the right thing for us. I mean, we had a run just recently. Uh, we just came to school a couple of horses before we put them on the plane, so we felt pretty prepared. And we also know in Tokyo that uh, there is. Uh, uh, small. There's a small area, but with uh, a few really good cross-country fences, a water fence, and so on. So we've actually saved uh, the cross-country schooling until then. And um, honestly, I, I think uh, the team of horses we have, they are experienced, good horses. But we'll still touch on it when we get to Tokyo. Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. And uh, Eric, as far as team strategy goes, we have it. We're we're back to a three-person team. Um, is there? Does that change strategy from a four-person team with a drop score for you as a as a, as the the team manager or the coach? Well, it is. Uh, we've had some conversations here around that, what our strategy should be and so on. And uh, it is. Um, uh, and I think uh, we. I have uh, different versions of it, and I've run it past a couple of the riders as well. But we'll sit down and uh, when we come out to Tokyo, we know who the team is going to be, and then look at who's going to, how the running order is going to be and what the roles of the different riders are going to be. But honestly, if you want to win medals, you can't hold back. you got to go for it. So it's uh, sort of like not sneaking around the course. Uh, I think uh, all the riders here are going to the Olympics to win medals. It's not about having the Olympic experience. So um, uh, it will be a competitive uh, strategy that we'll put forward. 
This segment is brought to you by Taylor Harris Insurance Services. Get all your horse insurance needs by going to thishorseinsurance.com. That is T-H-I-S horseinsurance.com. Gotcha. And the team order of go, you don't, you're not, that's not public until you get to Tokyo and, 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 and you've already, and you're right. I'm afraid not. We're going to keep that under our sleeve. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Darn it. I got to ask. You know? we, <laughs> gotta, try. gotta try. Gotta <laughs> try. So Jenny, um, for logistics and travel, when do the combinations leave and when will they arrive in Tokyo? So we have a bit of a staggered departure plan uh, that we've strategically set up so that I can go ahead first, ahead of everyone, to start to prepare final details of the venue for arrival. So I actually leave tomorrow on July 18th. And then the following day on the 19th, we have our grooms and Dr. John's, our vet, leaving um, in the morning after the horses have their final rides. And Emma Ford is going to be on the actual horse flight that day. So she'll be staying behind. And we also have uh, Christina Curial and Haley Burlock, who are the grooms for Will Faudry and Will Coleman. Uh, they will be helping uh, with loading up the horses here at the venue. So we're grateful to have them to be able to lend an extra hand to be able to get all the horses loaded up uh, safely here in Aachen. And so the horses will load up that evening. It'll be about 7 p.m. on Monday, July 19th. They load up at the venue and then head on to Liège for their flight. And uh, the flight is actually scheduled for early the next morning. So wheels up at 1.15 a.m. on Tuesday, July 20th. Uh, so the athletes are then going later that day along with Eric. Uh, so the goal is that uh, by the time uh, the grooms all arrive, I will have all the final pieces in place so that they can start to get things organized and their end. And then by the time uh, Eric and the athletes arrive, the horses will be settled in and we'll be able to get to work. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. And what's the, what is the COVID protocol? If we don't mind asking, that is obviously the hot topic of everything. Are, is, how often is everyone, are we tested regularly and, and how's that working out? Yep. So we'll be, um, it's testing every two days and it's daily health reporting uh, via an app called OSHA. And it's a, it's a saliva test if you want to know the really nitty gritty details. Uh, and then of course, masks are required and social distancing is required. And uh, the COVID-19 protocols are something that we take very seriously as a team. And we follow that very closely here in Aachen uh, as far as masks and social distancing. And obviously that will continue on in Tokyo. Um, the, the reality is, is that a positive, um, positive test is possible even for vaccinated individuals. And we are lucky that our entire contingent is completely vaccinated, but obviously we still have to be mindful of the risks and it is something that we take very seriously. Yeah, for sure. sure. And, and as far as opening ceremonies, is there an athlete parade for the opening ceremonies this year? There is a parade. Um, a parade might be a strong word given the COVID <laughs> environment. But it is a, a socially distanced uh, event uh, for the athletes. Um, our athletes are, are arriving at a time when it wouldn't it would not make sense uh, for them okay. to be able to participate. So our athletes will not be participating in that. Gotcha, okay. Gotcha. And if I go, if I just go back a little bit back in time, um, the to, to the mandatory outing, um, Eric, I, I was fortunate to be there. Eric was the. Um, when, when you guys put together a mandatory outing, as far as like the show jumping in the cross country, did you have input? Like, did you, did you like go to the course designers and say, Hey, could you please 
you know, you know, add in these certain elements that maybe certain horses struggle with or so forth, or things that you thought were going to be on the course in Tokyo, or did you just leave it to the course designers to just have at it and do their, their thing? No, it was a collaboration and, uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, before we, like we and Starkery brought brought over from uh, the UK. Um, it was quite scripted what we were after and so on. And uh, so um, we, um, I didn't want it to be just a walk in the park. I didn't want it to just look at like we were just cruising around. I wanted it to be challenging enough to uh, test our riders to really know that they were ready. So uh, Ian designed a course that I definitely thought was tough enough, and definitely the riders thought it was probably one notch more difficult than they expected and was quite an attacking course as well with some fences that our rides haven't really ridden before. So I think um, uh, we got that 100% right. Um, in the, in the, but the impressive thing was uh, all 12 horses actually looked magnificent. Uh, like all the reserves all the way down to the 12th horse ran beautifully and, um, and riding was good. So I was super pleased with that. With the show jumping as well, I've worked with Chris Bernard in the past and We've had a continuous sort of long-term plan uh, about continuously making our show jumping courses a little bit more difficult uh, in the U.S. So when we come to championships and Olympic Games, that uh, it won't feel unusually big or technical. And uh, I was just talking to Chris um, the other day because we went to Aachen, uh, or sorry, Le Moulin, which is renowned for having uh, the biggest or one of the biggest show jumping uh, tracks uh, in the five-star and uh, the riders I was there with, when they walked, of course, they didn't think it looked that complex. And uh, I asked my the person I've worked closely with before, a show jumping expert, and asked him if he thought it was tough. And he said he believed it was tough. So I think the long-term strategy of quietly making the courses a little more difficult than the U.S. is paying off. So anyway, uh, Chris did a super job with his course. It asked enough. We didn't uh, uh, exhaust our horses there, but it was, um, it was, uh, he found the right balance. So we we're very happy with that. Absolutely. I helped Chris set that course up with some, yes, uh, with, some with some other volunteers. That was and Max <laughs> and Max and David, Con- a lot of, a lot, a lot of great people. So, uh, hey, yeah. And I, I feel like just to say that we have to give a shout out to Max Corcoran as our event manager and, uh, Andrew Temkin flew all the way over from California to be our technical delegate. And we had Mark Weisbecker and Debbie Adams as the dressage judges, and like Eric said, Ian Stark is our designer and Chris Barnard is our, our show jumping course designer. Really, the whole team at Great Meadow really, um, really pulled out all the stops to help us be able to provide an excellent final training opportunity uh, for our mandatory outing. And Darren Millette and David O'Connor, Five Rings Eventing and the whole team at the Great Meadow Foundation really were fabulous to work with. So we feel very, very grateful that you had so many people put on quite a show for only 12 horses. It was really quite extraordinary. Yeah, it was fantastic. Honestly, I've never seen anything like it. It was remarkable. And I would say like the show was uh, absolutely world-class in all, all areas. So um, yeah, once again, as Jenny said, thank you to everyone has uh, had their input into it for these 12 riders. Yeah, that was fantastic. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the big question <clears throat> was spectators for the mandatory outing. Um, was, was that a, uh, could could any, either one of you can answer? Was that a uh, what, 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 everyone? A lot of people ask why no spectators. Could you just elaborate on that uh, for for anyone that's listening? Sure. So, absolutely. The the reality is that um, with spectators come um, more expenses, more logistics, um, more uh, more portaloos. You have to rope the course. You need parking attendants. There have to be more volunteers. Uh, it was something that in discussing with Great Meadow about the logistics, 
that uh, we agreed to have no spectators from a budgetary standpoint and also from a logistical standpoint. So I, I know that that was something that was difficult for the community. Uh, we did hope to have it live streamed, but ultimately we are running on such a tight budget this year when uh, costs have just escalated astronomically because of needing to quarantine in Germany and we weren't able to live stream it. So um, so it is something that we look forward to when we can uh, celebrate with everyone in the community again. We were able to have a very, very small group of owners there um, as well as family of the athletes. So it was still a special time with that group. Uh, but we know that the community uh, enjoys every opportunity they have to be able to be with the team. And it just wasn't in the cards uh, with the way that the planning worked out this time around. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. I I understand that. And I appreciate you, you know, expressing that. I just think it coming from, from your mouth to the listeners, I think they'll really appreciate that. So we'll just have to celebrate with the celebrate. When, uh, when you guys come back with some medals, (laughs) big party, big party. party. We'll have a hell of a party. (laughs) So listen, we know there's another party you guys, I'm sure are getting ready to get to Jenny. I'm sure there's a big birthday party for you. (laughs) <laughs> all of the above i'm sure you just feel like partying right now so we th- want to thank you both karen yes this is fantastic. thank you so much and good luck and we'll be rooting for you from home have a great night happy birthday and, and go usa thank you rob thank you karen thank you. we appreciate your support so much thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed today's show please subscribe on apple Podcasts, google or your favorite podcast app cheers 